Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path, where we share a modern take on timeless wisdom to help you develop unshakable inner peace so that you can live a liberated life. I'm your host, Victor Pierantoni, and the co-founder and head liberation coach. Be sure to follow me on social at victor.liberatedlife for daily content. Let's get into the show. Be superior to pleasure and pain. Do nothing randomly or dishonestly. Not dependent on someone else to do or not do. And do with purpose. Accept what is and embrace death with a cheerful spirit. Marcus Aurelius. This is actually one of my favorite sections of Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And one of the reasons that this is one of my favorite sections is that it really shows some fundamental ways on how we sabotage our own inner peace unknowingly, simply by getting, in a sense, pulled around by our own emotional impulses. It's a piece of content that I always go back to, whether it's in coaching or even on this podcast. If you've heard episodes where I talk about this before, it there's a reason for it. It's because there are these ways that we sabotage ourselves, these ways that we end up killing our own inner peace that we don't even realize that we're doing. So in book two of Marcus Aurelius Meditations, he talks about the five ways that the human soul degrades itself. And this episode, we're going to go into those five ways and how that might be showing up in our lives. So the first way is to be disgruntled at anything that happens is kind of secession from nature, which compromises the nature of all things. So Marcus wrote that very poetically in his journal, but I will (laughs) say it in a easier to digest and understandable way. Essentially what he's saying there is anytime we get angry at something that happens outside of our control, in other words, something that happens of the environment or of nature, then what we're doing is we're actually engaging in a pattern that is sabotaging our own inner peace, sabotaging our own tranquility. The reason being is because nature and the outside world does not operate on our egoic desires necessarily. So if we get upset about something that happens outside of our control, let's say you had a beach day planned or you were going to go hiking and then it decided to storm that day, to be mad that it is storming is an example of getting upset about something that is outside of your control. Now, this is a very silly example, but the whole idea is that the rhythm of nature is going to move on its own. It's not going to necessarily go with how we want it to go. And if we get upset at that, if we get angry at something that is not within our control, what we're doing is we're actually creating a perspective within ourselves as though we are separate from nature. And one of the ways that we can really sabotage our own happiness, our own inner peace, our tranquility, is to get attached and over-identified with the ego. Now, we've talked about the ego before, but the ego is essentially the symbol that we have for our individual experience. But what we want to remember is that it itself is not the individual experience. So when we get very wrapped up in our ego, in this idea of ourselves or this symbol of ourselves that we are constantly creating and iterating throughout our lives, what we're doing is we're creating this illusion of separation from nature itself, almost as though we are separate and alone within nature. When the reality is, as a human being, we are part of nature. We came out of nature. So when we get upset about things that are outside of our control, we're getting upset at the flow of life. And this will create disturbances within ourselves. Going back to Epictetus's dichotomy of control is one way to combat this particular way that the soul degrades itself. In other words, to focus on what we can control and let go of and embrace that which we cannot. Now, the second way that the human soul degrades itself, as Marcus Aurelius wrote it, is when it turns its back on another person or sets out to do it harm, as the souls of the angry do. 
So the way that this one works is when we intend harm or malice towards somebody else. Now, this is really interesting because it's also related to the Buddhist precept of do not take life or do not destroy life. And really and truly what that precept is saying and what this particular thing is saying from Marcus Aurelius is that when we act with malice, when we act with an intent to hurt somebody or an intent to inconvenience somebody or be passive aggressive so that they'll know that they were being shitty to you or they'll know that they didn't appreciate you while they had the chance, that type of thing really eats at us. Whether it's a mild form of just wanting to inconvenience somebody and bother them because you don't feel appreciated or understood by them or it's a really extreme way where you're seeking revenge, that idea of acting out of malice or acting out of anger to try and you know show them is one way that we're going to ultimately destroy ourselves one example of this that i really enjoy is the example from the four agreements of the idea of being impeccable with your word now being impeccable with your word means to be without sin right the latin word peccatos means to live without sin and sin is not necessarily a religious term but really what it means is to go against the self or other so when we're going against ourselves with our words or we're trying to attack or insult somebody else or you know, intend harm upon them, we're actually attacking ourselves. We are not necessarily adding value to ourselves. We're not actually going to get rid of our anger by doing so. But what we're actually going to end up doing is hurting ourselves because we're essentially putting the responsibility of our mood and our happiness and our well-being outside of ourselves onto somebody else and think to ourselves that if I hurt this person, if I bother them if i give them a taste of their own medicine then they'll realize you know how much they messed up and took me for granted that is one way in which we sabotage ourselves now the third way is when the soul is overpowered by pain or pleasure this is a really interesting one because this really relates to our zen stoic delusion of expediency right it is related to one's emotions if it is overpowered by the discomfort of a painful emotion or an unpleasant emotion then essentially what we do is we end up indulging in our vices whether that's food whether that's alcohol whether that is watching an excessive amount of tv that is one way that we become consumed and overpowered by pain now when it becomes overpowered by pleasure marcus really says in his meditations that this is almost worse because being overpowered by pain is like something we can all relate to but being overpowered by pleasure is almost like you know what you're doing. You're not necessarily in pain, so you are more sound of mind, or at least that's the assumption. I don't necessarily know if I agree with it necessarily being better or worse, but what I would say is that this is a form of expediency, which is essentially to move from one unpleasant feeling or uncomfortable feeling as quickly as you can to a comfortable feeling without understanding first what cause that emotion in the first place that is when we are overpowered by our own emotions we become a slave to our emotions whereas the reality of combating this particular way of sabotage is to have discipline in other words be a disciple to something bigger than yourself so we get overpowered by pain and pleasure a lot of the time in relationships and in a relationship what you are a disciple of with your partners you are a disciple of the relationship you are a student of it if there is a higher truth, something bigger than yourself, like the relationship that you create with the person that you're with, 
then you will not necessarily be jerked around by your own emotions. You won't try to soothe your emotions at any cost. You won't try to intend malice upon your partner or try to hurt them. Instead, what you'll think to yourself is, well, I'm a student of the relationship. I'm a disciple to the relationship. That is what is meaningful here. That is what benefits not just myself, but my partner. So we'll work through it. We'll not necessarily be overpowered and say things that can't be unsaid or do things that can't be undone. So that is how you would combat that with a sense of discipline. Number four is when it puts on a mask and does or says something artificial or false. So in other words, what this means is to deceive others, to speak untruthfully, or to put on a performance, as we like to say with the Zen Stoic delusion of performance. In other words, speaking in a way that is untruthful or inauthentic to the self in order to deceive somebody, in order to control them or manipulate them and make them think something different of you than what you are. And whenever we do this, we talked about this in a previous episode, insincerity or performance expresses distrust in the self. We lose ourselves in performance when we start playing a character. And when we play this character for too long and realize that it's not us, we all have a breaking point where we realize, I don't want to play this person anymore. And what I really love about this, or an example that I love about this, is one that Jim Carrey gave, where he talks about depression and how the state of depression is not necessarily something that just consumes you and that it's this outside force. Depression, as he says, is ultimately this sensation of the body saying, the body and mind saying to you, fuck this, I am not going to play this role anymore. I'm not going to be this person that you've been pretending to be for all this time. I'm done. And it's almost this state of exhaustion. And in other circles, depression has been called deep rest, whereas the body and mind need a deep rest. And this ultimately comes from trying to play a role or live up to expectations that are not really true to us, not really something that we genuinely value. This is a really important thing. And again, the antidote to this pattern of sabotage or this way that the soul degrades itself is sincerity, sincere action, sincere expression. Every time we express sincerely, every time we act sincerely, we build trust in ourselves. And number five, when it allows its actions and impulses to be without purpose, to be random or disconnected. Even the smallest things ought to be directed toward a goal. But the goal of the rational being is to follow the rule of law of the most ancient of communities and states. Some of this language is not necessarily up to date with our society today, but ultimately what he's saying here is that when we drift through life without aim or purpose, this is one way that we end up degrading ourselves. This is one way that we end up sabotaging our happiness. The idea of a goal is it's not so much important that you hit the goal. That's not necessarily the point of the goal. What the goal does for us when we have an aim or purpose is it gives us something to aim at. If we aim at nothing, we hit nothing. So it gives us a sense of direction. It gives us a sense of meaning and discipline because typically when we create a a goal is something that is bigger than ourselves. It is something that is going to cause us to grow beyond ourselves, to grow to more than we are. So when we set a goal, we give ourselves a sense of direction, a sense of meaning. And with that goal, it ends up helping to dictate our actions so that we don't get necessarily pulled around by our emotions. That third way of being overpowered by pain and pleasure is something that we become extremely susceptible to, where we become the slave of our emotions, the slave of our nervous system, because the Godhead, 
that we experience when we don't have an aim in life, when we don't have a goal or a purpose, is our emotions. Our emotions become the Godhead. So if it's something pleasurable, it'll pull us in that direction. If it's something painful, it'll cause us to resist and get away from the pain as much as possible without thinking of some kind of a higher purpose or meaning to orient ourselves around. So it makes decision-making really difficult. We end up saying yes to things that we don't actually want to do, and we end up resisting the opportunities of life when we don't have a goal to orient our own decision-making. So goal-setting can be something that is a little tough for some people. I know for myself it was definitely tough for a lot of years, and one of the reasons is because I didn't understand the difference between a goal, a state of being, and a value. And this is actually something I'll be talking about in the Unshakable Goal Setting Workshop that we are launching in our new liberation community that is oriented around the content on this podcast. So we're doing this goal setting workshop. And the reason why I'm doing it is because I realized that for a long time, I was not good at setting goals because I didn't understand the difference between those three things. A lot of the time when people set goals, they're very vague. They don't really give them a direction. They do so via a state of being where they talk about a feeling that they want to have. You'll hear people say, my goal is to be happy or my goal is to be in love. My goal is to be satisfied or be successful. So they give these very like vague goals. And these aren't goals. These are values or there's states of being, you could say, are desired emotional states, whereas values are extended periods of time or long-term experiences of certain emotional states or a combination of emotional states. A goal is something that is specific, measurable, and meaningful to us, and it gives us a sense of direction in life. So if you're a listener of this podcast and this content resonates with you, we are launching the Liberated Life Community, and we're opening it up with a free goal-setting workshop called the Unshakable Goal-Setting Workshop. The reason why we call it Unshakable is because we believe in living a life of unshakable inner peace if we intend to be liberated. That means that you're able to enjoy the good in life while also being prepared for the inevitable storms that will come our way. And so this goal setting workshop is about showing you how to create goals that are truly meaningful to you, that are not someone else's agenda, that are not what other people want you to do, but the goals that really light you up, the goals that really inspire you and pull you forward into the person that you are meant to be. And that's what it's all about. So the goal setting workshop is free. We're doing three days of the workshop. We're going to have some bonuses in there. And you'll walk away with a very concrete yet inspiring plan on how to achieve your goal. So we're doing this goal setting workshop all week. Feel free to click the link in the description and join us there. If you're unable to make the live sessions, the recordings will be available. So get in there, join the Liberated Life community and RSVP for the Unshakable Goal Setting Workshop. One of the best ways to create unshakable inner peace is to action the insights you get from this episode in your everyday life. It is like Bruce Lee once said, knowing is not enough, we must apply. Willing is not enough, we must do. Go out and action what you've taken away from this episode and share it with us in the Liberated Life community where you'll be connected with a tribe of people becoming better every day through daily meditation, self-reflection, and accountability coaching.